All right, welcome to another episode of Inappropriate Earl, where we interview people from the world of music, acting, wrestlers, uh, and porn. Uh, we have a gentleman here who, with the exception of porn, uh, has uh, done all of those things, restaurateur. Uh, I mean, you know him from the Scream movies, uh, the, the Vampire Slayer Buffy, the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, where, uh, of course, he got to act with the great Rucker Hauer, whose biography sits right there on my shelf. And uh, I'm most excited to talk to him about his tenure as the WCW heavyweight world champion. Probably the most, definitely the most famous person I've ever had in my apartment and podcast next to Tawny Katane. <laughs> Please welcome everyone, the one, the only. Mr. David Arquette. Oh, thank you, Earl. How can I live up to that introduction? Well, I've been obsessed with your family since I was a little kid. Yeah. And uh, your brother at the time, now sister, yeah. was in my favorite video of all time, She's a Beauty by the Tubes. That's right. He was the little kid, Alexis, you know, yeah. uh, following around the mermaid in the video. And of course, I've had crushes on both your sisters. Yeah. Um, you know, Rosanna. Of course. Who Desperately is... Desperately Seeking Susan, The Big Blue, After Hours. And the song by... And w Rosanna by Toto. Who I think she was dating at the time, Jeff Picaro, or... Uh, uh, yeah, they, yeah. Hanging out, whatever. No, yeah, no, they... I think they're maybe engaged. I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something. It's, it's, yeah, something happened. Steve Picaro, actually. I thought it was Jeff, no, but... it was Steve. I mean, that's pretty cool to have one of the legendary songs of the uh, early 80s named after your sister. It's true. And, and she then, was amused for a lot of songs. I mean, it's rumored that In Your Eyes was also partially inspired by her. I mean, that's, that's how know. cool is that? And yeah. then your sister Patricia. Yeah. Uh, medium. Medium. Uh, and, true romance. And, of course, one of my favorite, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I think it was three <laughs> yeah, or four. I think it was three. Or maybe both. Was she in a I few of them? I think it was three. I'm not sure if it was three and four. And, uh, and now, you know, you come to the scene, uh, you know, your family's probably like the modern day version of the Barrymores. Well, yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're the Barrymores. I mean, obviously they go back. My grandfather actually was an actor, too. His name was Cliff Arquette, but he played a character named Charlie Weaver on the old Hollywood Squares. So we do have roots in, like, vaudeville. My great-grandparents were in vaudeville. Right. Augustus Arquette and Millie, his wife, and my great-grandfather and grandmother. So it goes back. I mean, you have a rich history, and now you're kind of delving into stand-up. A little bit, yes. I'm, I'm just... I'm just trying to figure out my voice more so for whatever the fuck's going on in my head which are many else. things which are many things absolutely but you have an advantage over any stand-up because you have uh the acting chops to uh tell these great stories like you do late night at the comedy store yeah oh yeah and your stories are like meeting Henry Winkler when you were a little kid and on the set. And yeah, it's totally. like, I can't tell a story like that. Uh, well, Don Barris has been really cool about letting me go up and just sort of, you know, get comfortable and try to sort of figure some of the stuff out. And you've been really amazing in, in, in uh, giving me some pointers and, and just kind of uh, trying to figure it out. I've always loved comedy. I've always followed it. And I've always really been fascinated by it. I've always listened to 
comedians and, and how they structure their stuff. So it's fun to just kind of get comfortable in being able to be up there and just not, you know, beat yourself up too much. And it's neat for us, you know, we're all fans of yours. And, you know, I think we first met at the Roast of the Iron Sheik, yeah. where you were the host. And you were the ultimate warrior. I, I You know, they uh, said, hey, if you dress up as the ultimate warrior, the Sheik is so crazy, he'll think it's him. And he did. <laughs> he did. And you were the host. That was fun. And you were a great sport that night. You know, yeah. here you had all these unknown comics, myself included, giving you shit. No. And all of us would kill for your career, and we're making fun of your movies or whatever. And and you were an awesome sport. Uh, it, was, it was fun. I mean, everybody was really great and really, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm low hanging fruit for for a roast. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got a lot of things you could smack at. Yeah, but you uh, you uh, have a career, past, present, and future that any of us who were roasting you would kill for. Oh, that's You're always on TV. I mean, I turned on the TV the other night, and uh, you were, uh, I think it was made uh, this year, the Clown Face Killer. Yeah, Happy Face Killer. I'm sorry, Happy Face Killer. Yeah. And, I mean, it's like you're always on. The Scream movies are always on. Uh, the, the, the WCW was, uh, or WWE Network was replaying your tenure. No shit. Has, uh, wow. You know, the, now, you know, I've heard, you know, I want to get right into that. Let's do it. Because I'm a huge wrestling fan. Yes, sir. And you had made the movie Ready to Rumble. Yeah. With Oliver Platt. Yeah. Who was Scott Kahn. Uh, Scott Kahn, Diamond Dallas Page, who's yeah. doing great now with DDP Yoga. Absolutely. And he's Amazing like, guy. uh, rejuvenating uh, certain wrestlers. Uh, yeah. Like uh, Jake the Snake that. Roberts and yeah. uh, Scott Hall, who's like my favorite. Amazing. And you know he was in a bad way for a while. And yeah, uh, Scott Hall was around when we were when I was wrestling. Yeah, I mean you were in the last great era of wrestling. So you make the movie. I'm assuming Eric Bischoff, Vince Russo, who was the booker at the time, say, "Hey, we want to put the belt on you." Yeah. Well, they first like I was just promoting Ready to Rumble, and I went out there and. They just had me do this one bit where I jumped into the ring and then I got slammed down. And it got such a pop and such a reaction that they said, listen, if you stick around for the pay-per-view, you know, you could possibly get the strap. And so it happened. I mean, I was a wrestling fan as a kid, so it was kind of a dream come true to be able to tour with these guys and just right. like see the whole world anyway. And to me, it's there's an element of carnival to it, which is like vaudeville. So it kind of... It had roots in like just my heritage and just kind of seeing that. And, you know, wrestling is all based in like these family generations and dynasties of these people that are growing up and learning this and moving around. And, and you know, they dedicated their lives and they've tore up their bodies for it. So I respected it completely, but it was just like an amazing opportunity just to be a part of it and get out there. But the fans really <laughs> kind of a turn on me for it. And I totally understandably so. I And I was saying the whole time, it just shouldn't be me. You know, I, sh I, I shot one time, you got one off script and I just said, I shouldn't be up here. Booker T should be the champion. And he was like, thanks for that. Like after, after I got down and then, you know, a couple months later, he actually was the champion. So it was kind of cool to just throw that out in the universe. But, I mean, I can imagine, um, you know, I'm just going to pick a guy's name out, yeah. uh, a guy like, say, Sting, who, yeah. uh, you know, Great wrestling guy. for 20 years yeah. at that time, yeah. 30 now, uh, you know, he must have go, wait a minute, this guy's an actor. 
Well, did you ever cry? so much Sting as much as some of the other guys who's never gotten the opportunity to be a champion. Sting's been a champion a few times. It's a lot of these guys had. So those guys are kind of more versed in it all and understood it was more of a business and it's just bringing some hype to it. The guys who had been there for a long time and probably would never be the champion got really pissed off and they like, were like this fucking business and they were like you don't want to beat my ass and shit like that like say a guy i'm not saying i'm just gonna name a name a guy like say buff bagwell yeah who, who would be like who who the fuck exactly. is this yeah yeah, yeah. um not him specifically right oh yes. of course that like someone like that dad, who's like you know done this his whole life and dedicated his life to it it's generational and and then just you know sees this bullshit happening and i could understand the but for me, what I got to do was, you know, take an airplane with Hulk Hogan, you know, right. and have him tell me stories about, you know, uh, to, you know, everybody and, and, and uh, Andre the Giant, you know, and he would tell me stories about Andre would hold a beer can with two fingers because it was just his hands were so fucking big right and it looked like a little you know like a little v8 can or something <laughs> fucking down these things in seconds and you drink a bottle of like jack daniels or something just in a sitting like right. nothing because he's so huge that he wouldn't even get that fucking wasted and all these stories and the sitting there with uh you know oh geez Tons of people. I mean, Diamond Dallas Page was like sort of my mentor in the whole world of it. And he really sort of protected me and he was he was there. But, you know, like the nature boy, yeah. Ric Flair was really fucking cool. And we got we were partying one time in one of the hotel things. And he was like, listen, fellas. And he put his arm around me. He goes, he's one of us. OK, just back off. And it was kind of amazing to get that sort of a pat on yeah. the back. So, you know, there were certain guys that were really cool about it and others that I understand how they could be pissed. Well, it's like if a if you were doing a major movie and, and they brought in, I don't know, uh, say Buff Bagwell, say, hey, David, uh, he's going to be the star. I mean, what, it happens I mean, all I mean, the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that happens all the time. The longer you're in this, I've been acting professionally for about 27 years. So it's not like, you know, something that is just popped up. So. You know, when you get it, when you start seeing it, you see, start seeing these roller coasters and stuff, and your career goes up, your career goes down. You just have to like roll with it, and not take it personally, and just kind of have fun with it, keep it light, and and you know, stay honest and real. And you know, if you let that kind of shit get to you, you'd be like, who are all these fucking people getting all these fucking roles? You know, right? Whatever. Do you do do you read the reviews of any of your films or TV shows? Not that often. No, I really don't. I don't even really go on the internet all that much and look up anything. I don't have any social media anymore. That, you know, it's because people were such assholes and I just don't, it's not what I'm doing it for. Yeah, no, I asked your assistant who was awesome and helped setting this up. Yeah. Uh, like, Hey, does he have a Twitter account? <laughs> so I can like tweet out his, yeah. he's like, no, <laughs> I know that's the problem. You know what I mean? When it comes to like promoting something like this or something you have coming on and I don't have really a avenue for that anymore, but I don't know. There's a, I don't know. There's something good about it too. So you don't yeah. end up doing shit that you just, you know, people attack you on. Cause people are mean and then like jealous, mean. frankly. Of, yeah, of, like, I don't, know. I mean, I get it, you know, 
Uh, but I don't know. It's not just not fun. <laughs> yeah, but you're so nice, though. I mean, that's like it made me like that much more of a fan of yours. Like, you know, you're at a level where you could be a dick to people and they'd have to take it, but you're not. And yeah, like, I never, I never, I try never to be. You know, unless somebody's really sort of pushing the boundary, then I'm like, dude, just chill the fuck out. Right. And that must be hard because, you know, all the time you must get a paparazzi who's a little aggressive with you because they want to see you implode. I'm pretty good with paparazzi now. I mean, I had this one experience after I had my baby, my first baby, like my daughter nine years ago. I was really aggressive, like, stay the fuck away because you get into this parenting mode and you're like, you know, just back the fuck off. But then I saw myself and I was like, you know, I'm getting angry and my kids right there and I'm getting angry at, at at the camera, but it looks like you're getting angry at the, the people out there, the fans. And that's not who I am. So then after that, it, I've become way more chill. And now they're so cool that if I'm leaving my club and I've had a little too much to drink, they'll just like not take pictures. Right. You know, they're like, it's cool, David. They're like, well, they're looking not to fuck me over now because I always treat them with respect now. And, and we're all cool. And, you know, I get it. They're trying to make a buck. We're all trying to make a buck. Yeah, who isn't? Right. I mean, I get it. A thousand percent. I'm I'm down with it, you know? I'm I'm I don't know. I like people. You know what I mean? I try not to be jealous, you know, because that only holds you back. Oh sure. Especially in, in acting. And I saw my dad do it for forty five years. He was an actor and you know, he'd have some bitterness or sadness about certain people who would always like get the role above him and and it just never helped. There's nothing. There's nothing about that aspect of of. I think so in comedy too. That's just helpful. I don't think there's anything helpful about jealousy. You know, I think there's something helpful about uh, respect. Right. You know what I mean? When you can see somebody and what they're doing and and get to a place of like, oh, I get it. They're, you know, they're really on it. They're real. They're like doing something interesting. So when you go to that place, it's a lot more beneficial than the other side which just really has no benefit just getting like kind of fuck you know they're always the one who gets the girl right <laughs> no i mean i used to be jealous when friends of mine would get uh comedy gigs i wanted or whatever and then i started rooting for them and it, you do feel better yeah absolutely you know and it's like i mean i'm sure uh have you ever lost out on a, a part to a friend or maybe yeah, someone you didn't absolutely. even like yeah uh, you know totally and, completely you know i still think like in my head like i'd be better for it you know what i mean that's the confident part that oh, you sure. kind of need you know what i mean and i just try to hold on to that like you know if if studios or or you know networks don't sort of understand my value right now i mean that's sort of on them right? because <laughs> I still have to have my confidence that no, I'll crush it. You know what I mean? I've got experience. I'll go in there. People like me. I'll have fun. I'll be loose. I'll elevate the project. You know, if they don't know that, then they can cast these sort of newer people and hopefully they'll, they'll get a good show going, but you know, you've got a better shot with me. Yeah, but <laughs> That's just the way to like actually have your confidence right? without then going to the jealous place against one person or another or right. in a studio or anything you just have confidence about it and just know because that's always what it comes down to to me personally it's confidence it's being real and grounded and it's playing being able to play with the moment and be loose and and find discover stuff that might not be on the paper 
And that's why I wanted you here, because you, you sometimes at the comedy store get into these, uh, not rants, but uh, these almost Tony Robbins-esque type, uh, you know, Joel Olstein yeah. rants where I'm just fixated. You talk about living in the moment. Yeah. And, you know, at the comedy store, it's a fairly negative place. Uh, I don't know if you see that side of it. A little bit. I've seen some of it. But um, for the most part, don't you think that's a waste, though, that side of it? Oh, I do, and which is probably why my own uh, personal career has maybe uh, not gone as far as it could because you get caught up in the negativity there, But right. uh, which is why I think we all look forward to you coming in there late night yeah, yeah. because you're like a, a breath of uh, positivity and, and you kind of get motivated watching, you know, you get pumped up because, yeah. like I said, you're this great speaker and... And it's almost part pro wrestling, like a little bit of Ric Flair's. Yeah, for sure. And that's what wrestling's all about. It's what rapping's all about. That confidence of like, I'm the greatest man in the world. You know what I mean? And I actually believe that, you know, because I have to, because I'm a wrestler. I'm a rapper. You know what I mean? Right. Not really, but I'm, I'm who I am. You know what I mean? So you're the greatest person in your world. And everyone out there is the greatest people in their world. Right. You know, and I just think, you know collectively if we start encouraging that more than why the fuck are you wearing that you're an asshole why do you say that you just, you're so stupid if that's like if that's our dialogue that's going on in the you know tiny tubes and wires that are making up the internet right <laughs> then what the fuck it doesn't matter you know i think we have way more uh strength in numbers and like when we all like encourage each other to be greater it's just like raising a kid you can right. tell a kid that he's a piece of shit and then he's pretty much going to maybe even turn out that way or like prove you even worse. Like you think I'm bad now. Watch how bad I could be. Or you just fucking fill them with love and just tell them how great they are and just boost them up. And you're real with them, you know, and you right. call them when they're being assholes. But, you know, you always encourage that better side of them. And then, you know, if we just did that individually with everyone, even in the comedy stores and all this stuff, it just helps. It helps the mood. You know, and it's just more fun. Oh, sure. <laughs> like, and you're a fun sure. guy. Yeah, that's all I like having. I think the rest of it's a waste of time. Like everyone lights up when you come into the store because oh, it's like it's like a, just a big hurricane of positivity and fun and and people are like oh dave's here and then everyone goes watches you and like uh, so um, cool. and i know people have been really uh kind about it and i don't have any jokes <laughs> really so it's hard who I'm cares trying to find yeah, yeah yeah i know but i'm trying to find it you know and i'm trying to find like where where that funny stuff is but i was saying something on like howard stern and stuff about uh God being at least half woman, you know, it's and possible. It's, it's got to be something, you know what I mean? I mean, that's just what one of like the little rants. But then I saw uh, Louis C.K. on Saturday Night Live, and he articulated it in a way that was so interesting and so thoughtful, and you could see why he's such a master at what he does. And it was just great to see, like, oh. He he made jokes out of it, right? You know, instead of just making a statement, so that's, that's sort of where I, I I think I have to go. But I I also do it for kicks and just for like for fun and like to go out there and meet, sure. and see you guys and and just hang out at the you know this mecca of comedy. 
Well, I mean, you've got, I don't know uh, if you should do just jokes. I mean, you've got so many great stories and such a rich history in the business that just you telling the one story about meeting the Fonz is, is, <laughs> was, it wasn't a joke. It was just, oh, wow, what a great story. I mean, I could, yeah. I think most of us could sit there and listen all day to those stories. Yeah. I mean, growing up in this town, I grew up here since I was five years old and you know, my dad was like a jobber kind of actor, you know, right. 45 years in the business and, you know, studied at, at uh, Second City and, and taught at Second City in, in Venice and studied with Paul Sills and, and was part of the Spolin players and the committee and just like serious improv stuff. So that's where our roots were. And then just growing up in L.A. and, and like the dark side of Hollywood where, you know, I sold Maps to Stars Homes and. You know, I was like 11 years old and the dude ends up like jerking off while he asked me for a map. Well, wait, let's not just breeze through that story. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's, not, that's a podcast story. That's there, a so. podcast story for sure. <laughs> so you're, you know, like Tatum O'Neill and Bad News Bears. You're on Sunset. Completely. Around the same fucking time. Um. No, literally when that movie was out. I think it was like exactly. So there's this guy named Al that was like the pimp to all the kids that sold maps to stars homes and back in the day it wasn't really a hispanic thing it was like a, a bad news bears young white boy thing for some reason it was just like right. these trashy little white boys that were all out there and we were sitting uh he would collect you at uh the sunset gas station of uh, a car wash right that's right between like uh, Crescent Heights and Fair, Fairfax and right. right on sun Sunset and everyone would hop in this minivan that didn't have any seats and it would be stacked with all of these star maps signs and I always say like remember star maps backwards is rat spam <laughs> I don't know That's why. it's true it's true it's just a good thing to remember but uh so we went out there and, and they teach you something called the Viffle. And the Viffle is how many maps have you sold? So you have a two you have a two dollar map, a five dollar map, and a ten dollar map. So what's your Viffle? You'd say one, you know, I'm doing finger signs. So it's a one, you know, two dollar map, two five dollar maps, or you know, three right. ten dollar maps or whatever. So he could just drive by and say, What's your Viffle? And you could just throw up your hand signs. So the first day he puts me on Sunset and Highland, right in front of Hollywood High School. Which at the and time I crushed it. Isn't a great neighborhood at that time. No, it's not a great neighborhood, but I didn't care. I mean, I didn't care at all. I literally made like $35. And for me back in, you know, you know, late 70s, early 80s. Uh no, it was yeah, I mean, it was the early 80s. That was huge. I mean, I took home probably 20 bucks or something, and it was insane. But the next day, he put me on Sunset and Fuller. <clears throat> and it was right in front of, like, the old van store or something was there. And it was right next to Rock, Rock and Roll Ralph's. And I'm sitting there, and I was there forever. And nobody was coming. And, you know, like, you know, it's getting toward lunchtime. And finally, this, like, convertible pulls up. And it's this dude with, like, dolphin shorts on and no shirt. And I should have known at that point. That it wasn't a pretty <laughs> scene, but he said, well, you know, what's, what's, you know, what, what, what kind of maps do you got? And I said, well, for the $2 map, you get this, but for the $5 map, you get this, but the $10 map, you get Walt Disney and you get Lucille Ball and you get all these people. He's all, oh, give me the $10 map. And I was so excited. I went, I reached in my bag for the $10 map and I go to hand it to him and the guy's jerking off. 
And I'm like, ah, ah, and I like run and I go to grab my big sign that I could barely carry. It was taller than me at the time. And I start running, I'm screaming and my friend's walking down and the guy takes off. And then I got totally freaked out. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't, I, I don't know what to do. And, and, uh, and the, they called Al, the, the guy, and he picked me up in a car, not in the van. And I was a little freaked out by that. He made me sit in the back of the car and he was sitting in the front. And then he took me in one of the back alleys off of Sunset. And then he gave me this whole speech because this shit must happen all the time. And he's like, next time you have to look him in the eye and say, what the hell are you doing? What's wrong with you? You've got problems. You know, you should scream and ask for the police and say, you know, this guy's, you know, jerking off or whatever, screaming all this shit. And I was like, okay, okay. I thought the guy was going to fucking attack me right there. So I was all freaked out. I told my parents, they, instead of like saying like, oh, that's too dangerous. You know, 11 year old kids selling maps and stars homes. They gave me an air horn. Just an air horn, and they put me back out there the next weekend. And I'm sitting there with this air horn, and my friends like grab it from me or like, like blowing it in my face. And I'm like, give it back. And then finally, they I get back to the, you know, they finally drop us off on the streets. And then there's like, it was like nothing left in the air horn. And I just was so freaked out when everybody would come out that that was about it for my, uh, Maps to stars, homes. Well, I think you've turned out okay. Yeah. Well, now they they haunt me. Now, you know, with my ex, we got on the maps right. to stars. Well, that's good if you're on them. I guess so. It's, it's a little bit of a justice. You're probably on the ten dollar map, I would imagine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It'd be funny to look. And speaking of your ex, I love how amicable you guys are. Uh, I mean, thanks, man. She's and, the best. We have a production company still together. I mean, in a world of uh, just uh, maybe not so friendly divorces and, and uh, custody uh, situations and, and just, uh, yeah. you know, breakups in general, let alone marriages, uh, it's so neat to see you guys, like, be legitimately friendly toward each other. And Thanks, man. Like, you know, I saw something that you said about, uh, you know, her current uh, uh, date or whatever. Uh, yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I don't think I've ever heard a celebrity or anyone, non-celebrity, say that about their ex's current. Uh, well, the, the fact of the matter is, like, you know, when it all happened, I was heartbroken. I was like, you know, I thought we'd be together forever but she actually was right you know what i mean we just weren't right for each other that way we're better friends we right. just are you know i'm just i'm wilder than i was within the relationship either i've become more true to myself where i'm just a little bit wilder i'm just a little bit like uh myself i'm just right now i got gotcha. more of a like a free spirit troublemaker free spirit not bad trouble but fun trouble so so yeah and then, you know, we loved each other. We still love each other. And we still have a production company and, and work together all the time. And it became a point where it was just like, you know, you know she had the, the, the better hand in the card game. Uh -huh. So I sort of left it up to her and I said, you figure it out. And then, uh, you know, and then presented to me. And then she did and she was generous. And then I was generous in my response and, and I made it easier to like just make it all work. Because you are a producer on Cougar Town? I am. I don't, I'm not actively involved in it so much right. anymore, but I was instrumental in saying like, you know, you have to do this project. Right. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Oh, sure. Like, you know, and, um, and 
you know, I don't know, it just kind of happens sometimes when you just get involved with something early, you just kind of get tied to it. And then at some point I was like, well, maybe just take, take my name off of it since I'm not involved with it anymore and this and right. that. But everyone involved was uh, really cool about saying, no, you should stay on it. So well, that's awesome. Yeah. Everyone loves you. <laughs> I don't know about that, but some, <laughs> a lot of people, I, uh, I made some, I made some enemies. Well, rightfully yeah. so. I mean, I have a horrible, you know, I have horrible stories <laughs> throughout my time in this city that I've done shitty things for sure. Well, you know, everyone uh, has a skeleton or two. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you've been in the entertainment business at your level for 27 years. I had a, I had a, um, a restraining order against me from Alyssa Milano when we were like 18, 17. She must have thought you were a hockey player. No, we were, we were dating for a little while and then I was such a dick to her. She's such a sweet person. She's an amazing person, like in general. But, uh. I was such a dick and then she like started dating this other dude and then I saw him at the Roxbury and I fucking like kicked her car or something. So that uh I went on an audition on the last season of uh of uh Who's the Boss and uh it was at the same studio and they had put a you know a, like they had flagged me for not to be able to go on the lot and i had to audition for a different thing like it wasn't at all related to her and right. i didn't know i had a restraining order against me but at that point then i found out so i couldn't go on the audition but now you guys are friends or you are friendly yeah, yeah yeah i mean friendly or if i see her yeah absolutely you would hug she's her or whatever girl. yeah she's i was the asshole back then so well that's all right yeah. Uh, now you've become this just uh, restaurateur actor. I mean, tell us about Bootsy Bellas. I mean, yeah. it's a happening scene on Sunset. Yeah, Bootsy's is right on Sunset across from Bo on the Soho House. And it's uh, open Tuesday, Friday, and Saturday. It's just a big, crazy nightclub. You know, we have puppets in it because my father and grandfather love puppets. And they, they left me puppets when I was a kid. And it's just a way of sort of having some visual entertainment and you know, you can never really see Michael Jackson twerking, you know, unless you're at Bootsy's. Wow. <laughs> we have the little Michael Jackson puppet twerking and like rubbing up on girls. And, you know, we just got a Spock puppet. <laughs> you know, I, I order all these crazy puppets from uh, Germany and they, they come every so often. We have like the Rat Pack and, you know, so you got Sammy Davis Jr. And right. you got like, you know... Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and you got them like dancing at the club, but then you can also have them like, you know, dance up on girls. And yeah. It just gets ridiculous. Or you have Dean like kind of stumble around like he's had too much to drink. It's just kind of funny, like little world to do. And then we have like these, you know, crazy hot chicks and you know, the drinks are really expensive. That's a problem, but you know, I try to in the door, like people are assholes at the door, that kind of shit. I don't like. What, what do you mean? Like they, they come in. Yeah, the just, it's, it's hard to get in. You know, if you're like three guys like coming up, if you don't know the people at the door, you probably won't be getting. I mean, who wants three dudes in their club? Well, you know, we want them. If Chicks. Be, yeah. Well, we, you know, it costs us a lot to pack our place with chicks. And the way, <laughs> and the way we do that is by like, you know, you hire promoters and they have all these hot chicks and all these models that they're friends with. And you, pay for them to go to dinner and then you you know 
pay the you know the, these guys a certain amount of money you you, uh, you uh, give them a table and let them all drink and yeah. then you fill the place with hot girls that's sort of the whole game because then guys want to go in and then guys want to go in yeah and they pay a premium yeah well <laughs> they don't have to pay to get in you just have to get in so it's best right. to come with hot girls if you're a single guy and you have hot girlfriends just come like one guy three hot girls you'll get it you know and then if there's a couple of you or three of you just try to get more hot girls <laughs> and then space it out between the amount of guys that's space it out. and they come early too that's the other thing if you come around 12 30 or 12 when everyone's pretty, trying to yeah, get in if you come at 11 you know you probably get in you know what i mean pretty easy because i used to go there when it was called bar one yeah it was uh it was a that was the day fun time that was it that was when i first started going out in hollywood I mean, Roxbury, Bar One, Power Tools, you know, uh, Carlos and Charlie's, which was across. Charlie's. Oh, there's an amazing. Oh, fuck. I'm spacing on his name right now. Oh, Woody. There's an amazing guy named Woody who's been like a paparazzi for years. Who's got a. uh, Oh, I know who he is. Yeah, he's got Hollywood.com. I think it's his thing or something like that. And he's been posting all of these old Carlos and Charlie videos of everybody. Oh. Like bar one videos of all the shit in the nineties is pretty funny. Well, Carlos and Charlie's was great because at midnight on Fridays and Saturdays it would turn into Chippendales. Oh shit! So if you could go there around one o'clock, the girls were were so frothing to be around men <laughs> that it was a great scene. That's so awesome. I mean, I was pretty horny back then, but oh you know. yes. So it was a, you see, I had to resort to doing stuff like that. Unlike you, you know, you probably walk in. Oh my God, that's that's David Arquette. That's uh, not back then. Well, but you were like Airheads and then Buffy and then uh, uh, you know, or yeah. a lot of TV shows. I mean, you were very recognizable. I was yeah. not. I had to result in knowing when to time it right. Well, if you if you were here and seeing Earl's collection of hockey trophies everywhere. You know, did you ever get any hockey groupies? I mean, you have hockey trophies everywhere. You're I mean, a champion. I mean, you know, I don't think uh, uh, in uh, Hollywood the ball ball hockey trophies are, are going to really get you a lot of ass. Maybe, maybe though. I mean, I have a few comedy groupies. <laughs> nice. That's good uh, shit. Well, it, well, you know, I had a girlfriend of six and a half years, so yeah. uh, you know, the, the last while, yeah. which is why I'm so we, we get along to a degree. Uh-huh. But that's why I was such wow, a fan six of. And a half, and how long ago did you break up? Oh, she broke up with me about seven months ago. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, not necessarily acrimonious, but uh, maybe not. You know, but we do a pod. She was supposed to come today, be the uh-huh. co-host. Oh wow. Uh, but. Uh, so we we're trying to do what you and Courtney are doing. Just yeah. uh, do you have any kids or anything together? No, not that I know of. <laughs> I mean, you know, there might have been a time or two where I uh, might have you know come inside someone by accident, but uh, <laughs> luckily, uh, you know, nothing uh, happened. That's all right. I mean, it just feels so good. But it you know, does. You, I mean, that part does. You gotta you know balance out that feeling with uh, you know eighteen years of uh, you know. Yeah. Child support. You have to definitely be careful. If you're not going to marry the girl. Yeah. So, I mean. Well, I'm sad. sorry to hear that. That's tough. No, it's all good. But let's get yeah, You yeah. got a good good news. This isn't about me. Okay. 
Is this about this us? This is about it's about no, then it's about you. Okay. People don't want to know about my life. Come on, of course. That's why they listen to your podcast. Well, the, well but, and you help. I mean, right, you go. know, when I tweet this out, David Arquette on Inappropriate Earl, it's going to like, you know, get monstrous numbers. Yeah, we're going to crush it. But I'm happy. I, I like you as a friend, so I don't care if it, I mean, obviously I want it to do well, but, yeah. you know, it's like when I had Tawny Katane on yeah. and, and she was legendary, uh, yes. 80s video vixen, beautiful, Absolutely. Uh, dated Tawny. Tommy Lee, the right. guy from Rat, uh, you know Chuck Finley, the baseball player. Yeah. It, it, she was so nice and a dear friend now, and, and you're the male version for me of Tony Katane. <laughs> I mean, I haven't jacked off to you. Nice. That's her on the album cover. I know. Uh, she is. So she's hot as fuck. I remember. Her. And still, well, she was like, you know, uh, the mermaid in the She's a Beauty video. I used to jack off to that. Uh, video right so uh you do your you gotta do your thing well you, you know i've always had something for mermaids in general <laughs> well that mermaid in that video had great tits i mean any real mermaid not little mermaids but well any yeah real mermaid. any mermaid that's of legal age yes <laughs> and my, one of the highlights of my gym going life i go to the gym a lot because yes. it's, it's the only thing that uh you know, I've never had a drink or drug I in my once, life. Okay, I once had sex with a mermaid. Oh, I bet. Well, I actually, I didn't have sex with her, but I had oral sex with her while I was having sex with another girl. Yeah, well, well let's first, get into my those first stories. Year at Coachella. That's what happened. No, that's pretty much as much as it goes. Oh, I got you. I got. We'll keep no, it clean. I mean, but that's it. But it was a. She was a professional mermaid. It was awesome. But see, that's a that's a story that no no one. That's what you should be talking about on stage. You need to go to Witchy Watchy Falls. Do you know about Witchy Watchy? Falls? No, I don't. Witchy Watchy Falls is in Florida, and it is a mermaid sanctuary where these girls dress up as mermaids. You can Google it, and you know, just go to town. Why don't I just go with you the next Let's time go. and Let's get go your? Witchy well, you Watchy. have a uh, lady friend. I mean, I'm sure you don't go to those. No, but uh, we get, I go to strip clubs and stuff. I can still. And still looking. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, especially at mermaids. I mean, that's what they're for, looking at. Yeah, I mean, you know. It'd be weird if we were jerking off at Witchy Watchy Falls. Well, not really, but I mean, (laughs) there's got to be some dark corners in there. Yeah, exactly. It's probably not the publicity you're looking for. uh, David Arquette's friend. (laughs) Hey, any publicity is good food. Now, you have a show coming out where uh, it follows you around in between your... uh, gigs with a friend I saw. Uh, uh, we did this fucking. Uh, no, we did. Or is this, it not coming out? It's not coming out, man. We shot it for uh, for the Travel Channel, and they 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 passed on it. It wasn't what they were looking for. So I I hope to do something though. Is there any hope? Another network, maybe? Uh, not for that show. That show's dead in the water, which is fine. But uh, I want to do something with Alexis actually, because she's just such a character. She lives right up the street here, and uh, she's just so funny and fucking crazy and and artistic and amazing. I loved her on uh, was it the Surreal Life? Yeah, she, yeah, she was on the Surreal Life. Um, she was also uh, Boy George in the in the Wedding Singer movie, and she's coming out in Adam Sandler and and Drew Barrymore's next movie too, The Blender or something. I don't know what it's called. I think it's called The Blender or Blend. Right. I don't know. What do you got coming down the pike? Any movies? Uh... I have a bunch of weird shit that I did. I did this crazy, you know, you said I never did porn, but I kind of practically did porn in a, not, you know, I mean, but pretty fucking close in a, this movie called The Key that I did with uh, Bai Ling. 
me and Bai Ling just oh, wow. having, having sex like crazy in the total art film. That was just on uh, coming out on Netflix or something? I don't something? know where it'll, they'll be able to show it. it. Literally, it'll have to be NC-17. I mean, we're fucking... I'm drinking like like the finest wine off of her vagina and shit like that. Well, that's... Uh, um, that's uh, right. Oh, I'm sure it did. I'm not doubting it happened. That's... Uh, <laughs> I think that might be a little bit more than NC-17. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, I don't know. Like, you know, there's no close-up penetration, but there's all kinds of fucking nudity. And it was an intense movie to do. It was a great director named Jeffrey Levy. And uh, it's fucking crazy. It was based on this this Japanese, uh, like, he was kind of the, the Hemingway of Japan. And he wrote mm-hmm. this novel that was a Pulitzer Prize winner in the 40s or something it was so risque about a a guy who finds his wife's diary and starts reading it and and he starts writing back and he starts doing all this crazy shit and he kind of drugs not drugs her but she's a diabetic and he kind of over like pours her wine and she starts tripping and it goes crazy it just gets nuts that sounds like I would love to be a fly on the wall when you were pitched this project fuck that movie is insane so I have that coming out I have an, a few movies, something called uh, Casual Encounters, which is a funny movie with, uh, uh, oh, man. Because I looked on IMDb, you had like six projects this year. Yeah, yeah. I have which a is great. coming out, but I just don't know. I, none of them, are, I don't know. Oh, I have one studio film coming out called The Field of Lost Shoes, where I play a Civil War guy, which is cool. That's sort of the biggest thing. I Who else know. was uh, in that? Uh, um uh, I'd had a scene with Tom Skerritt. Oh my God, Tom yeah, Skerritt was like awesome. Top Gun. I mean, just... totally. And he played General. Uh, I think he was he. Tr- <laughs> I want to. He didn't play General Lee. I don't. Oh fuck. Hey, you had me at Tom Skerritt. <laughs> okay. Good. Wild things, Tom yeah. Skerritt. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, now you were in Airheads, which is a cult movie yeah, favorite of that mine was fucking amazing great cast such a great cast sandler buscemi frazier and i mean farley i'm a oh i mean you I know mean, amazing. Uh, and uh, of course the great rucker howard uh rucker howard was in uh, but buffy i'm buffy. sorry sorry no, no, no but uh uh michael mckean My, uh, michael richards was the, he uh michael richards was in it as well do you ever have any interesting uh, uh i didn't really have any race conversations with him, with him. <laughs> no no i think that was so but i hope he bounced back yeah well that was the best set i've ever seen him have <laughs> that was awesome i mean you know i mean it really was a sort of poignant moment in in internet kind of uh you know, it was one of the first like captured on yeah, video, like YouTube moments, world, like fucking blacklisted. <laughs> like it was like an insane moment in time. Well, you know, I think if he would have just said the N word maybe once or twice, people yeah. would have said, "Okay, just got nervous, yeah, caught up in the he moment." Tourette's, he went, got yeah, Tourette's. But forty nine <laughs> times uh, might might have been <laughs> and the uh, well, it was a substantial <laughs> amount. Close, close to it. And the monkey hanging from the tree line that that just didn't uh, come off the tip of his tongue. <laughs> that came from the heart. It's not fun. It's not funny. I mean, do you find like when you do comedy or, or really when you're just walking around that you have to be careful to not have a YouTube moment, like 
when you just try not to have YouTube moments in life. You right. know what I mean? Just in general, like I try not to be a dick. Like some people are coming up to me and they say, like, oh, I met you. And I was like, was I nice? I always ask. Because you don't want to be a dick. Right. Well, you're the farthest thing from that. I mean, you know. My girlfriend. Uh, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, you know, they see the worst in us. But they also see the best. That's true. And you have a, a ba- do you know the, you have a baby coming in I like do. a month? I have a baby coming in about a month, yeah. And do you know the, the sex He's and all? boy, yeah. And His like. His Charlie West. Oh, the, oh wow. Charlie you, West Arquette, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So you have to uh, prepare for that in the next month. We've been preparing. I just had a baby CPR class right before I got here. And I mean. So that's, I mean, that's one of the big things you have to do. Oh yeah, I mean, of course. And uh, yeah. how do you think the the with your daughter? Yeah. I mean, do you, is she's your daughter really excited? excited? Yeah, she's excited. I get my daughter three days a week, so uh, and on the weekend, if I if I have something special, I can always right. ask to have her. But um, yeah, but she's really excited about it now. Well, that's you know, great. She's thrilled. She's gonna have the best time. And how's your lady friend doing with the the? I mean, oh, it's pregnancy. She's pretty uh. Pretty far along now, so right. it's, you know, it's getting super uncomfortable for her, but she's a trooper. You know, my, my old thing is, you know, I'd like to have maybe one more, you know what I mean? In I addition to this one coming. Yeah. So it depends on, I have a feeling she might fall in love with babies, you know, once right. the baby comes and like, cause she loves her, we have ba- a basset hound, she loves basset hound dogs and so... If I see, I see how much she loves basset hounds. And once you have a baby, then you're like, oh my gosh, like even more like, right, like that amount of love. So, but even if this is the last one, it's it's everything's cool. Well, two's a two's a good amount. Yeah, and I'm glad, like we as as sort of a antiquated a philosophy it is, but the fact that the Arquette name will live on now. Oh know? yeah. It's kind of uh, important to me, you know? Well, you guys aren't going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, yeah, but I mean, it was, this has been the first boy in this generation. So, right. Uh, my sister Patricia had one, but you know, obviously he takes the, his father's name. So, and who was fantastic in boardwalk empire. Uh, Oh, she, yeah, she, she's she really, she's like, the greatest. With Steve Buscemi, your Airheads. Uh, I know that movie was really fun. We shot it in 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 at the Fox Studios at that new Die Hard building, right, the Nakatomi right? Plaza. Yes, right there. And then we're sitting there, and uh, you know they used to have a strip club across the street. Twenty twenty. Yeah, Come and I on. fucking would go over there every fucking lunchtime. Like, t- t- I was, I think I was dating. <laughs> Uh, uh, we don't have to name it. Someone really interesting at the time. <laughs> it was just fucking crazy to go over there with all those cats once in a while. I might have met you over there. I don't recall yeah. specific, but I used to go over there with a the drummer from Guns N' Roses. No shit, nice. Who lived in my building? That's and, awesome. Uh, he would always ask me for a ride and money. Hell yes. You know the great Stephen Adler. Oh hell yeah. Who was? It's still unbelievable that he was kicked out of that band for doing drugs. Yeah. I mean that's. Totally. I mean, that's like, like you have to really do crazy drugs. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, but it's not. It's like getting kicked out of Little League for using a bat. I mean, it's. That's true. But he's the sweetest guy on earth. Just, you know, kind of a lost soul. But uh, he he loved 2020. I mean, (laughs) the place was great. It used to be the Playboy Club. Fuck yeah. Turned into 2020. Yeah. uh, I love that place. 
Yeah. Believe it. Oh, well, it's like CAA now or something, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, I haven't been, you know, that still whole... Still would be a good fucking strip club. Oh, yeah. Well, there used still to be... Uh, it might still be there, a restaurant called Russian Roulette. Yeah. Where I would go to these uh, sex parties. They would no have, kidding? Uh, yeah, it was crazy. that They would have these... Uh, like uh, sex parties once a week at, at these five star restaurants and uh, they, for real? yeah oh yeah yeah and and people uh, such as not I'm not saying you but uh, celebrities like a private party very private uh, and uh, they would have to move them every week because the, I think the cops were on to them but they would have them at these beautiful. Bootsy Bella type restaurants no shit. where That's you'd amazing. walk in and you'd see NFL players and, and, and hockey players and, and That's just fucking awesome. people of your stature That's amazing. like getting blowjobs in the kitchen. So I never That's, ate at these that's places. That's fucking Hollywood for you, man. It was that's very Hollywood. Want, you know? Yeah, no, it was great. Like uh, the real shit. So now was getting back to Hollywood. Was there ever one audition? And I don't know if you can mention if you were. Was there ever one gig you didn't get that you wish you got? Like, well, I was really close and up for. Uh, oh, I can't. Okay, uh, can uh, you say it? Or uh, I mean, Arrested I, Development for the uh, Jason role, and um, and I, I just, I, I just didn't do it. Right. No, I mean, you it know, or, or, uh, it's so random how they pick. Yeah, but then uh, you know, that was a that was a fumble, but you know, there's been a bunch of stuff like that just throughout the years, like different coming close on certain things or like you know, whatever, it doesn't fucking matter. Oh no, I was just I've always been fascinated like to find out that uh like uh, before Richard Gere got American Gigolo, it was offered to Travolta. And yeah. like, have you had situations like that where you, or maybe you passed on something? That's, I think, I mean, I'm not sure I was officially like offered it like that way, but I kind of passed on off right. the development. <laughs> yeah, bad fucking move. That's all right though. I mean, no, it was, it was just a dumb, cocky, bitchy move. I was, I've done a lot of things that have been dumb and cocky and bitchy. Like, I've done a few things that I've pissed. I think I've pissed some some big shots off in in town a few right. times just by being like, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little still like Hollywood street kid. You know what I mean? We grew up like literally doing graffiti and you know running around the streets and like you know sneaking into fucking crazy clubs at yeah. really young ages and you know doing drugs and shit. So it wasn't like you know I didn't. I didn't play the game as as like cleanly as some of my the people that I've you know, right. came up with. Oh, I got you. Now, were your siblings ever competitive with? Uh, what? I know siblings are competitive as is in a regular family, but like, was there ever a time when, like, say uh, Patricia would get a role or you would get a role, or uh, you know, where you're like, wow, like, where it not cause family infighting, but like. Not so much because my sisters are, you know, different gender and everything. Well, I would hope so. But and we've always been really supportive of each other. For me, it gets more to like, I get a little like, get pissed off sometimes when I see, you know, the same way I, I said, like, not to get jealous of other actors. I get a little jealous of uh, like when they cast women. You know what I mean? Right. And like not seeing like the value of my sister Rosanna is one of the baddest, like, actresses you know and when they do just put her in like a dope scene in like pulp fiction she just crushes it because she's that kind of actress so 
I get a little upset when I don't, you know, when that kind of stuff happens, when you see, and it's hard for women, you know, women, you know, it's just a, it's, it's more difficult even for women than men, I think in Hollywood. Do you think it's cause like uh, everything's so youth and beauty uh, yeah. obsessed that like the minute a woman gets one wrinkle, it's, oh, she's. I'm not saying your sisters. Yeah, no, I just no, no, totally. You know, yeah, but my sisters are older and oh, they're, they're beautiful older and they're amazing. They're so beautiful. And they haven't fucked their faces up and they haven't done all that stupid shit. So, and I still know that they're still real and they're still right. real fucking actresses and they're really like they're about their craft and they take it seriously and they're professional and they're like, you know. So, I get a little bit like, you know, I always try to if I'm doing something that they're right for, I always try to like, you know bring them up and get them in and you know but it's a, it's always a hard sell and then you get like well fuck you if you don't understand right. you know it goes back to like people just aren't ready sometimes to like see the cooler side of shit do you think yeah they like when you bring up your sisters for a role that the people are like oh you just want them in here because they're your sister we did you come across that yeah definitely or do they try and get you into things it's like oh well you just want him because he's your brother we always try to do yeah right. we, always, we always are trying to do that i really want to do something with all of my family members oh that'd be amazing like my brother richmond arquette's amazing actor but he hates the spotlight he doesn't want to like he he's just completely just an actor who does it like to be honest and find the truth in it and and he's he was like he's the guy just a great like um thing he he delivered the head in seven Right, right, it's yeah, just yeah. A funny, like little, uh, you know, thing that he did. But he's an amazing actor, so I, I want to, us all to sort of work together at some point because that would be just. I love. It's like the Everly Brothers when they sing together. You know, there's a certain harmony that you sure. can never get that instrument out of anyone except these two brothers. So I think there's something like that too with with acting. If you're to put like brothers together and sisters together and like in something and then you know, even get other brothers and sisters to do something in the same thing and just have this like real generational kind of casting it would just be fucking dope. Like the Carradines and like, Oh yeah. You know, the Baldwins and, and us and you know, whoever. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get another family in there, you know, but I mean, your sister nailed it on a recent episode. I think it was law and order. Where, uh, yeah. Rosanna, um, just killed it. So it wasn't Patricia. Was it I'm almost uh, no no it was it, yeah yeah oh, she was great in uh I you know the uh Ray uh Ray Donovan she did oh I love Ray see, Donovan the, I didn't see the uh the Law and Order though oh yeah no she 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 was amazing oh, and uh I mean Ray Donovan's uh, I love just because uh, Manny from Scarface the great uh, Stephen oh, yeah. Bauer yes. uh who also comes to the comedy store he doesn't do he doesn't do any comedy but no. uh. You know, Scarface, you know, I'm a little older than you are. I think, you know, a couple of years. Scarface was like yeah, so okay. instrumental to Thanks. our age range. Absolutely. So when he came up there, it was very much like when you were there. It was like, oh, my God, that, that's fucking Manolo from Scarface. Yeah, you know, and he did totally. The, did the tongue thing for me. But <laughs> oh, um, that's amazing. Well, yeah, it was just, it's so neat to meet people, your fans of like you and him and, and have them be nice. And, yeah. and, you know, like O.J. Simpson was my neighbor as a kid. He was nice to me. Right. They had some issues later on <laughs> in life. Anger that, uh, issues. You know, uh, slight anger issues, <laughs> yeah. you know. Did you ever meet OJ? Any OJ uh, sightings? I have, met, I have met OJ in the past, and he was always, like, a real gentleman. Like, he was always around, like, before all that shit happened. He was, like, at charity events and shit. Like yeah. That. He was a real, you know, he was a, he was a good guy. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, maybe uh, t took a wrong turn. Yeah. 
I fucking, it happens all the fucking time. It's one of the major causes of homicide in our country. It's like, you know. Oh, yeah, women, uh, yeah, spousal. Domestic uh, abuse and all that shit, man. It's kind of like when I get in my little rants, I get crazy about stuff. But I have this one philosophy. Like when I, when I meet somebody who I can tell is a bit of a fighter still, and they're like too old to fucking do that, I like talk to them about it. I say like, listen, think about it. Who in this fucking world is worth you going to jail for? Right, right. Like if it goes out of hand, if you fucking clock them, they bang their head on a table and they die. You know, who's worth going to jail for the rest of your life for? Nobody. 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 And then it just changes everything. Then when somebody bumps you in the club, it's not like you just say, sorry about that, pal. And then it's over. You know what I mean? You just don't get your ego involved. You get your ego involved in a more positive way. Where then you're just not like cracking someone over the head and maybe going to jail for it. So, and then in that same respect, no woman's worth that either. Right. You know what I mean? And if... You know, if she does something, runs around with somebody or, or, you know, makes you incredibly jealous, it's just not worth it. You just go find another, just like, you know, pick your pieces back up and, and go have some fun. I mean, I, you know, that's what I've tried to do with my that's situation. Absolutely. There have been nights where I thought OJ had a point. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, <laughs> just kidding. kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I know, I know. It does get infuriating. It gets sad. It gets like, it's an ego bruise and all that shit. But at the end of the day, it doesn't. You know what I mean? It doesn't like you actually get a little freedom ticket. And then I just think like people should have more fun with it, more confidence, really go out there and like know their greatness. And then you can just go have fun. Like that's what it's all about. See, this is why I wanted you on here. Here No, here we go. We get ramping up to the Tony Robbins. Like here we go, baby. I'm ready. Anytime you want, I'll take you to strip club. Keep your, take your mind off your girl. I know a strip club's not like, where you're going to meet the lady, but it's fun enough just to like appease the little, you know, bad boy inside. Well, I mean, I, it's hard for me to go to strip clubs just because it's like, if I go to a, a, a bakery, I want to eat. Right. I, you know, so, it's, you. It's, you know, it's, it's hard for me to just stare. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm just, yeah, I'm here, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard to get all worked up, see these beautiful bodies and then yeah. be with you. Like I, you know, as much as I love you and I know I don't know you that well from the standpoint of we've known each other basically a year. Yeah. Uh, you know, I gotta be around a female. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I hear you. No, you're right. But sometimes even like just going to a strip club, getting a lap dance, getting that little fire percolated, just go to a club or go to Bootsies and just have a little more confidence. You go up to a girl, you know what I mean? The confidence game is like everything, especially with women. It's like fucking everything. Yeah. You have to act. in a casting office and and auditioning for something. Like if you own it and you know your fucking greatest and you're like confident and a badass about it, it just changes everything. You know, it doesn't matter like if you get the part or not. Like if you don't, they're fucking morons. You know what I mean? They just don't fucking get it. They're just, you know, they'll cast it for their own stupid ways, but they're not really seeing the big picture. And if they would just like, you know, have confidence. But if you just do that and you do that with girls, especially in places, and then you like treat them, you know, treat them with respect, treat them like ladies, like do certain things. But then you like when they start pushing you around, you also have a good boundary on how to kind of like be a little pimpy with them. Not pimp slap or anything, but a little man like. How do you you do that? Give me an example. Don't let them fucking push you around. You stand up for yourself. Yeah. You say, listen, you know, I mean, if you want to get like uh, therapeutic, I mean, if you're trying to like 
if you're in a relationship, it's different. Right. And if you're in a relationship and like somebody's coming at you with something that's making your, you know, tighten up inside, you're like, okay, listen, what's your intention? This is what my therapist says. I'm, I'm trying, just trying to learn this shit. But I say, what's your intention in saying this? You know, instead of me getting defensive, because I get defensive a lot, and then get to be like, well, yeah. and then it just it fucking gets out of control. So you ask them what their intention is. And then you just sort of, you know, you set your boundaries. Like, well, I'm not comfortable with that. So if you want to do that, you can do that. Or like certain things that come home too late or whatever it is. It's like, you, sometimes you have to be all right in being an asshole and being a bad right. boy and being say like, well, this is how it is. This is what I need. So if this isn't working for you. You need to figure that out yourself, you know, or whatever. I don't know. It's, it's kind of, there's some dickiness to it, but it's also like, you know, it's not putting up with some some of the shit that they throw at right. you, too. And this is like, you know, I have a lot of comics who listen to this show who, you know, aren't great with women. So it's good. I mean, not that you, I don't, uh, this is going to come out the wrong way. You know, I love you. Not that you're a womanizer, but you've, you've seen and done it all with women. So you know what you're talking about. You know, 30 years of... Uh, you know, dating and, and maybe even longer than 30 years. I mean, I'm sure you were doing okay. I mean, you're a good looking guy. Thanks, buddy. And you have, you, you do too, have, girl. I mean, I'm okay. You're fucking awesome. I mean, that's the confidence part. You're but, fucking great looking guy. Don't fucking let any chick tell you different. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> if she doesn't like it, then, then just move on. Like, there's an easy, right. like, yeah. Oh, cool, cool. And you, sometimes when you diss him like that, turns them on. Yeah, there is an element to this, like, you know, thing that, and what you're talking about, your friends who maybe not be, aren't as good with girls or whatever, a lot of that is, like, it's confidence, and it's like, you know, it's especially if they're funny, like, you have an ace in the hole. Right. You know what I mean? Girls want funny guys. I mean, certain girls do. Certain girls are just like, you know, those girls, but certain girls want funny guys that are quick on their, you know... That know how to also, you know, be a nice guy, but it can also be a man and like be an ass sometimes right. and a bad boy, you know? And you're like all that rolled into one. You try to like, you try to balance it. You know what I mean? But not really. I mean, I'm a, I don't know. I'm just. I'm yeah, but you're funny. You're talented. I mean, you, you know, you got a few dollars in the bank. I mean, in LA, that's important. These twats. It's, it's pardon my language. Anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know. Yeah. Pa uh, perceived power is uh, yeah. sexiness. Yeah. You, you know. You know. You might. It must be hard for you now. You have a lovely lady mail friend. Mail order brides, man. Yeah. I did a movie about mail order brides in in uh, Russia. It's called a. Uh, a bride and two brothers or something like that. But we did it like linked up with this actual Russian like mail order website. And the girls you met over there were insane. Uh, you, uh, and they, you, I don't know. It's just an opportunity. I'm just saying if somebody wants to get serious, green card right. is also on the table. Yeah. On the table. Well, I mean, I might have to go into Bootsy's one night and just uh, survey. and Fuck, uh, yeah. Because I remember the bar one days. So it was always hot women in there. Absolutely. And, uh, you, you know. Uh, well, I'm a great wingman, too. Well, yeah. I mean, no, I can I'm imagine. Serious. No, I'm, I mean, I can imagine if I'm with you. If I'm seeing breaking bread with you, it's like, who's that guy? Yeah. Fucking, he's a, he's a hockey ball champion. Hockey. He's fucking got his own podcast. Professional comedian for... Twenty plus years. Yeah, I mean, I made a few wrong uh, turns uh, in life, hasn't. 
well, well you, you know bring that up to her <laughs> yeah yeah no <laughs> you have to act like i'm a star like no, you have to act i'm like right not you yes. i mean i walk in and, and not, i will bump you up yeah absolutely. yeah right absolutely. well you're you would be the ultimate wingman because your word with these twats would be, <laughs> sorry i don't mean to use that kind of language well you're in a place right now where you right. have to you have to right well it's like when i broke up when i got broken up with when i got dumped by my ex i uh record, started record. listening to hardcore rap music yeah See, I did the opposite. I started listening to like Tony Robbins and Jack Canfield. Yeah. Well, some of that stuff is really good. And also like, you know, a good cry. Good cry is good. Too. Oh, I cried a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But then you have to put on Vinnie Paz or like fucking, you know, Lil Wayne or like uh, somebody even tougher, like uh, DMX. I mean, it's like. Y'all motherfuckers, I'll make me lose my mind up in here and just get uh, I mean, I'm more of an 80s metal guy, so I turned yeah. to rats. Metal, yes, yes. Uh, Go metal. Or bungee. But in the 80s, like, I gravitated towards, like, Rat and uh, Motley Crue. You, were you more into the punk? I mean, there was a whole scene out here. Yeah. I, I what kind of music were you into back then? Early days, I was into, like, Scott, like, specials. Right. Like, Madness. Madness, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, uh, like, Bob Marley, like, it's, like, Led Zeppelin and... I didn't go too hairband. I didn't ever get too much into that, but uh, because it's such a uh, empty style of music, but I love it. It makes me forget, like when you listen to a Poison song, say "Unskinny Bop." Yeah, there's not a lot of thinking. Oh, that's good. I like well, for that. me, it's good. I don't like to Fuck think. That. I like that too. Like which, which is why I like you know a lot of your comedy, like the Scream movies, Buffy, Airheads. It's like you could just laugh for two hours or yeah, whatever. Totally. Do you enjoy making movies like that, or do you enjoy making serious movies, or both? I mean, I just like working. Right. <laughs> Most of the mo movies I've done recently have been on the small like scale, and it's just to actually like continue to work and just continue to like you know as silly as it sounds, like per, per, you know, uh, perfect your craft <laughs> bullshit. But. You know, it is just trying to like keep active and do things that are creative. Oh, that's not that's silly at all, man. I mean, and I think that helps like my uh, the people who listen to this show, like who are not not necessarily struggling actors, but uh, you know, to hear you say, "Hey, I just want to work." You know, they think, well, why? You've done all these great films. It's like, you want to do more great films and, yeah, and TV you and actually do the great films. You know what I mean? The great films of my life i mean i've done some really cool stuff but i feel like the, those great roles are are still a possibility out there and you know i've written stuff and and like worked on a script for four and a half years and then try to get people to read it and you know they don't take it seriously and it, i wrote it with another really like great writer who's you know you know desired out in the world and and you know you just can't get people to focus in this town like it never stops i once was on a uh vacation with brad pitt and he was sitting there and we were friends at the time and all of us were like oh yeah we're on vacations together and, and he's sitting there getting pissed off at his agent because he couldn't get this role and at and it was at the fucking peak of brad pitt right. and i it just clicked in my head i was like oh it never changes yeah you're always not getting the role you want you're always still trying to get a work with this person that for some reason doesn't want to work with you like that never ends no, I I saw that uh, I I used to open up for Rob Schneider. Yeah, and, uh, and he, he had one particular project with Adam that was greenlit, and then 
It wasn't. And it was like, wow. And that's scary to, yeah. for me to see like guys like Rob and you, like if they fuck with you guys, what are they going to do with a clown like me? Or like, you know, not that I'm an actor, but you know, it's like, it's intimidating to see like even people of your level not be able to get a project you want to the next level or whatever. Yeah. But then on the flip side of that, I'm with you, but on the flip side of that, there's also the, um, paranormal activities, you know, little things that break through that are done for a dime that just crack wide open the whole business. So it's like a, or like a, you know, like a, is it Wil Wilbur? Oh, I don't know. Um, but uh, Will Chamberlain, Wilbur, yeah. <laughs> Wilbur, the the movie about the rats. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting confused. Uh, it's no, it's an FX show about a oh, Wilbur. Yeah, that is it. Yeah, it is. Oh, okay, so you're on top of it. Yeah, like a kid like that. I met that kid at at Sundance. The the lead guy, writer, creator, amazing actor, and and but he did that. He did a short film. He took it to Sundance. And now it's a bit on the show. Oh. It's really well loved and. And uh, it's been around forever. So there's always, you know, both sides of it. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's good, like, sometimes having anonymity and, like, you know, being at it and just, you know, being that real deal. And especially now with everything opening up and a lot of independent things happening or lo low-budget stuff and, and, and things just going straight to the Internet or podcasts. Like, there's a lot more creativity out there now that you can do it's just not you know as sort of big budgets right and you don't get paid as much but if you do it like consistently then it doesn't cost you as much if you're something it's something you're behind and then if it does pop then you, that you're that, in the business is like the lottery it always has been and it's like you just sort of keep buying your ticket you just keep working you still stay in the game and then if something pops, then it pops. And then you have to recognize it at that time. And then the choices you make after there are really important. Right. Because I've done some things where then I made shitty choices and, you know, did like a string of commercials that, you know, then they, they you know, Hollywood's was very fickle about their like coolness. So if you do anything in their eyes that isn't cool or it's at sell out at all, they'll just ostracize you. So when you get into the place where you have something that pops, then being selective is really important. Well, I, I would imagine like being associated with Cougar Town to help that, you know, maybe erase whatever bad project you may have done. I'm not saying you, just cause it's know. a hot I mean, show. I don't think people think of me. I don't know. But they see your name in the credits. Yeah. They go, oh, oh wow. I didn't know he was producing on this or. Like if you had like a, a cameo on, say, I don't know, a show like Sons of Anarchy, which is like yeah, a cool show. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, which Those was are, that's really good to do sometimes when the right right part comes up. And right. You do something and then get you get seen. Yeah. Would you do a, like a cameo on Sons of Anarchy? Oh fuck right. yeah, absolutely. And, and that's a show that was passed on by many uh, networks. Uh, yeah. Who wants to see a uh, a show about bikers and yeah. and it's already been done and now it's six seasons in it's their biggest hit right so i mean that's goes along with your philosophy of never give up yeah act like you already have it and you'll get Evidence. it yeah and Hopefully. that's and if you don't just fucking keep on banging away you know the thing is i people say like in growing up in this town and being in this business for so long 
people say like, I just can't take it anymore. I don't, I don't, I say to them, well, listen, you can move back to Minnesota, you know, and, and I can guarantee you, then you'll never make it. <laughs> right. You can just stick around here and keep on hustling and keep it real. Like do a play and stay, you know, stay inspired and stay real. And then there's a possibility you will, but if you leave, you won't. I mean, I, that helps actually me because there have been times I thought of not necessarily quitting comedy, but what keeps me going actually is if I did quit, no one would care. Uh, I yeah, I disagree. I don't think. I mean, I think people might be sad care. for a minute, like, oh, we Earl's a good dude, but you know, in a month from now, I'd be like, oh, that's just one less guy I have to deal with. Uh, but you're changing yeah, my good. philosophy. Good. Yeah, because people would care, and then. You know, it'd be their laws, you know, if you decided not to do that. But like everything, I'm sure you'd bring comedy into wherever you went. I try. You're doing. Yeah. But I just love doing it. I, I'm not uh, doing it for the fame or the money. Uh, I, I just love doing it. That's, then you're like, you're already, you already won that. Yeah. No, I really, you know, I mean, of course That's I won't. I realize if you get a, a little famous or whatever, you get to play in front of bigger crowds, which right. I wouldn't mind. But absolutely, you know, you know, I'll. Uh, I think I'm in it for the right reasons, and yeah. and being around, you know, helps me being around someone like you who's like positive and and successful and like motivating. You know, I've been around a lot of celebrities who maybe aren't so motivated. It's like, hey, buddy, figure it out for yourself. Yeah. <sighs> I got my own problems, right. <laughs> <laughs> which I understand. Yeah. You know, I mean, it must be tough for you to, uh, I'm sure on a daily basis, you have friends, people you don't know, uh, acquaintances. Hey, can you get my script to this guy? I, you're like, I, I, I got to get my own stuff done. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. It I must mean, be tough to. I've had, I've had it happen. I've had it happen on both sides too. And somebody be a dick about it. You know what I mean? Me trying to get them to do something or, or get friends to reach it. Yeah. It happens all the time. So Just don't be discouraged. You still, you know, still keep hustling. Yeah, that's the message of this podcast that's from right. David Arquette. You always gotta hustle. Actor, comic, musician, restaurateur, and last but certainly not least, WCW heavyweight champion. David, I know your schedule is insane, and from the bottom of my heart, I'm actually being real. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. Thank you, Earl. Dude, no, dude, you are one of the good ones. Thanks, brother. And so you. just, uh, it's an, it was an honor to have you here. You should have your own podcast. Maybe Inappropriate David. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the access to guests that you could get would be amazing. <laughs> it would be fun. So I just, from the bottom of my heart, David. Thanks, Earl. I you, love you. I love you. Guys, inappropriate earl it's on itunes leave a review uh this will be up next week if, please support david arquette go to bootsy bellas on sunset but if you are going to go in your mail bring hot chicks or you probably won't get in support earl support earl support david support the arquette family watch the she's a beauty video uh, alexis was the, lucky enough to be close to that mermaid oh patricia boardwalk empire yeah uh, uh, David's lovely uh, ex Courtney uh, Cougar Town and, yes. and her many projects Springsteen video Dancing in the Dark and just David Arquette is one of the good ones please support this man's movies Scream Buffy the Vampire Slayer Airheads many great movies coming many TV projects coming just have fucking fun 
That's it. 